You are listening to Radio Free Signs of the Times, broadcasting into the heart of an occupied America. Welcome to this week's Signs of the Times podcast. With us this week is French astrophysicist Jean-Pierre Petit. Hello. Welcome. Jean-Pierre is not only an astrophysicist, he's an artist, he's a musician. He has been working on a series of comic books explaining science in very clear terms for close to 30 years. The comic books are available for free on his website, and we'll give you that address later. Jean-Pierre has had a life uh, that's quite unusual. (laughs) (laughs) He he learned to fly when you were, what, 10 or 12 when you... 12, 12. 12 years old, he, he learned to fly. Uh, in his late teens, he was doing scuba diving off the coasts of Marseille mm-hmm. at a time when scuba diving was not the tourist sport that it is today. In uh, the early 60s, he was invited to spend a year in Princeton, mm-hmm. and he managed to get himself thrown out after one day <laughs> <laughs> because uh, he took his lunch break to start uh, investigating the top secret places he shouldn't have been investigating (laughs) (laughs) and maybe you'll tell us a bit about that later he was for many years a researcher in the cnrs which is a french network of of research centers and he was one of the the most advanced scientists in the area of magnetohydrodynamics back in the late 60s and early 70s until he got involved in letters from extraterrestrials called the Umites. And the scientific uh, establishment wasn't quite ready for this, and he spent the rest of his career marginalized, we could say. And we'll probably learn a bit more about this. So welcome, Jean-Pierre. Hello. hello. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Let's begin by talking about uh, your work in magnetohydrodynamics? Well, I think probably the uh, listener doesn't know exactly what is magnetohydrodynamics. Mm-hmm. It's not very well known, you know. It has been invented uh, by the British in the 17th century. Hmm? And uh, uh, it's uh, how to uh, accelerate a fluid, uh, which is a, g- a good electrical conductor, was a magnetic f- cross magnetic field and electric field. It's very well known anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, actually, it, if 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 and any of our listeners have seen the movie The Hunt for Red October, uh, the magnetohydrodynamic propulsion was uh, they called it the caterpillar drive. It was the silent propulsion system. So, those of you who've seen that movie, you yes, know, there you go. But it, it was not said uh, clearly, you know. But in fact, uh, we know that uh, about the movie uh, Red October. Uh, the the purpose was MHD, MHD propeller, huh? and MHD propeller is classical. It's not fiction, you know. It's not fancy. Uh, you could find that in books uh, forty years ago. Huh? It was invented by Michael Faraday, huh? and Michael, and then you have two sides. The first side is to accelerate fluid, but the second is to produce. Uh, energy, electrical energy from a fluid moving. And Michael Faraday tried to demonstrate that to the king. Uh, uh, he used a magnetic field, which was the magnetic field of the earth, and he used electrodes. 
and as a fluid, use the Thames. The Thames, Thames uh, River. In Thames River. When you have a tidal effect mm-hmm. uh, with uh, North Sea, so you have a very small signal, electrical signals, and uh, it put electrodes on, on the, the two uh, uh, extremity uh, of the river, and it could demonstrate, it could produce some electricity, but the king was not very convinced that it could be useful for for technological application. So uh, that was uh, the end of the story. But you, you realize how, how old is it? Mm. Yeah. So uh, at the uh, big at the end of the fifty, uh, people began to be interested in the MX, MX, magnetohydrodynamics in many countries and uh, especially in Russia. But we knew that uh, later, much later. Uh, for example, the head of the magnetodynamics in Russia was Andrei Sakharov. Uh, Andrei Sakharov, in 1954, uh, built uh, MHD, a pulsed MHD uh, generator, uh, which was able to produce 100,000 amperes. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, an amount, incredible amount of gauss. Uh, uh, it was a genius in, in, in this field. But uh, this was completely classified. Uh, as a conclusion, we'll see that later. MHD has been uh, intensively developed in the United States, but it is a, a top secret uh, field. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that there are no, uh, at the minute, even today, there are no um, kind of public applications of this? Well, you know, uh, uh, what you can public application, uh, many things were developed in, in the 60s because there was money for research mm-hmm. and then uh, the MHD generators have a special feature, they have a very good efficiency. Uh, uh, classically, you use uh, turbine, uh, ga- ga- uh, gas turbine, uh, uh, steam steam engine turbine, yes, and uh, the efficiency is, is close to 40%. But with MHD, we could rise the efficiency to 60%. So for the same amount of petrol, for the same amount of uh, thermal energy, you could produce much more uh, electricity. So, you know, the, the, the money, the gold from in money was very high. Mm-hmm. And then in all countries, United States, England, uh, Germany, France, Italy, uh, Japan, many uh, teams were building huge machines. And uh, I started to be involved in this uh, work in 1964. And uh, then uh, a young researcher whose name is Velikov, who became uh, the head of the Academy of Science in Russia. I think he's still there. Mm -hmm. But in 1964, he was young. He predicted uh, an instability. Was uh, name is very often instability. It's some of turbulency mm-hmm. of the plasma, and it cancelled completely the efficiency of the of the process. And uh, when people tried to build this machine, they encountered this Velikov instability, and they fought during uh, uh, some um, five years, and then they gave up. 
English gave birth, French gave birth. But I was the only one to succeed to canceling velicopter stability. <laughs> but, you know, in France, I was a re- young researcher. I presented this work in 1967 in Warsaw in an international meeting. So I was immediately known by all uh, researchers in the United States and in Russia, but not in France, you know. In mm-hmm. France, he didn't understood a, a, a word of this work, <laughs> what, what was used for. So they decided to stop research. <laughs> well, so uh, uh, you, you were uh, asking about uh, uh, civil application. Mm-hmm. Civil application was to produce uh, um, uh, electricity. Mm-hmm. And now I think we should think, speak about that because it's a very recent discovery. Uh, perhaps you know that uh, in France, uh, people are building with uh, other country ITER. ITER is a tokamak. Yes. It's, it's supposed to be a machine to produce fusion, so to uh, deliver energy, and the energy would be converted in a uh, vapor, and this vapor sent to a turbine in order to produce electricity. And this research is very problematic because since 50 years, uh, they did not succeed so much. Uh, the only success was uh, uh, obtained in uh, in England, and they made in Kulam uh, tokamak that worked during one second. And now we are expecting, uh, planning to d- to spend an incredible amount of money to uh, build a much larger t- tokamak that would work ten seconds, <laughs> and then and so on. You know, we but should say for our our listeners that there was a big international debate over where this reactor was going to be built and it, the choices came down to either Japan or to France mm. and at the end of the the day France was chosen and so behind it there's a, there's a certain uh, amount of pride and uh, national fervor because the French want it from the, the Japanese. You know, to, te- to tell the truth, you know, you have something like a thousand or two thousand researchers, and they wanted the Tokamak be installed in France because this is a paradise. You know, this place where the, to, uh, this machine will be built is a paradise. It's close to Paris, it's close to Saint Tropez, it's close to everywhere. You know, they are in the center of Europe, they, they have a quality of life completely fantastic. Uh, nobody will ask anything to them and uh, they will spend 20 years holidays there, you know, and have money to travel. That's the truth, you know, <laughs> and that's for, you know, it's, uh, it's uh, uh, a thousand people that decided that it would be a good place to uh, to spend holidays. And I can swear you something, you know, if it uh, would have been installed in Iceland, uh, no, uh, they would not be so enthusiastic. You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, what I would like to say is that in 1976, I was in the States and I visited uh, Sandia, Sandia Laboratory uh, mm-hmm. near Albuquerque, uh, New, mm-hmm. Me- New Mexico. Uh, well, as you will see, uh, this is connected to your mid-story because uh, uh, at this time we received a letter and the letter was warning us that uh, uh, directed energy weapons were 
to be built in this, this laboratory. And nobody knew that over all the world. The world was unknown mm-hmm. what was directed energy weapon uh, beams. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, so uh, two uh, targets laboratory would, were uh, mentioned. One was Livermore. <laughs> Yeah, and the other was uh, uh, Sandia. Well, uh, uh, perhaps it's amazing. It's uh, funny to to tell how I was the first uh, European to see the big laser in Livermore, because uh, uh, Livermore is in, in California. California, 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 California. And uh, in Livermore, uh, the man who was in charge with this big laser was Alstrom. Alstrom was a Swedish man. And he, he, he discovered uh, at, at the middle of the 60s that if you want to make a big power output with lasers, it's better to use solid lasers uh, like glass plus neodyme instead of, of uh, gas uh, lasers. Mm-hmm. But uh, he, he was a little afraid his invention could be caught by his colleagues. So he decided to go to France and he said, I will be uh, uh, in condition to develop that. And this, that was my laboratory. <laughs> I was a re- young researcher. And when Astrom came, I say, oh, my poor man, I will warn you, you know, you are g- going to escape from interstate because you're uh, scared by your colleagues but here my boss is worse <laughs> <laughs> so he was born ed, and he, he organized his research in France and he made uh, gas lasers and uh, glass lasers but he hided the, the, the second <laughs> research and when he went back to instead, I remember my boss, he was uh, saying, Alstrom, c'est un bandit! Alstrom is a bandit. <laughs> <laughs> so Alstrom escaped the French. And when I went to, uh, I met him in uh, Livermore uh, t- 10 or 15 years later, he, he told me, I, I will uh, uh, thank you. And I, I will give you the possibility to visit the Winter Hot laser, Lasers. So I was the only one to see these lasers in this time. Mm-hmm. And when I went back to France, I was sent there by a, a journal whose name is Science et Vie, and I wrote a paper. And I had picture, a color picture showing the Winter Hot Laser, but they did not believe it. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the paper was not published because mm-hmm. they asked it to specialists in France and they said, you, you know, one, two megawatt laser, but one, tra- a million megawatts, impossible. impossible. <laughs> <laughs> what do you thought with your own eyes? You know, I have nothing to, to answer, you know. Yeah. Uh, so uh, let's be back to this discovery. The second laboratory was uh, Sandia. In Sandia, uh, they tried to achieve fusion with electron beams. And uh, these two laboratories were very close to military, of course. Oh. Well, so uh, uh, in Sandia, I met Gerald Jonas. And Gerald Jonas is still the head of this laboratory uh, in Sandia. And uh, the installation, the plant uh, uh, was huge. You know, they, they were directing electron beams on on a bird's egg <laughs> mm-hmm. in order to, to to have fusion. And recently, and you can find that in uh, in the web. Uh, uh, Jonas had a very brilliant idea. Uh, he has built something like a bird cage. This bird cage is uh, two inch high and one inch diameter, and it's made of very thin uh, wires. Mm-hmm. And he inject in these wires 
uh, t- uh, 20 million amperes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's a, re- a specialist of a high currents, you know. <laughs> so 20 million amperes. And if you know a little bit about physics, you will know that this cage will be crushed on itself. Mm-hmm. And the temperature will grow v- very fast. And uh, inside the cage, you have a sort of form, which is a secret. And in the center of the system, you have the target. And listen to the, this uh, number. Uh, they have achieved two billion degrees last week, and they made the experiments many times. You don't realize what is uh, does it mean. In we'll a give a comparison: the uh, tokamak that they're that they're planning on on building. What temperatures can they get out of that? Twenty uh, less. Twenty times less. Twenty times less. Twenty times less. hundred million degrees. Here it's two billion degrees. Mm-hmm. So is it twenty times more? So uh, with this this, this birdcage with type uh, device with, that they can achieve twenty billion degrees, it's in this is in the laboratory in in Albuquerque. Of course, the, the cage is transformed into a plasma immediately. But jump here, is this, is this public? Yes. Knowledge. Oh yeah. We, yes. We've. I think we, we, had, I think we had an article on the page about yeah. it. And you can. I mean, there were articles in like you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. like New Scientist, like various like you know Discover magazine, Absolutely. like you know various various magazines so where they they kind of report a little bit on it and they explained you know kind of how it worked and everything. So it's it's you know public knowledge. We're kind of conspiratorially minded here. Mm. Yeah. So and generally. No. Yes. Sometimes. <laughs> sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs> uh, and generally, we think that when such. Um, Technology or science is publicly released. That this is not the first time. Oh, uh, probably, probably. Um, I, I, I agree with you. But now, perhaps it's the time to tell to people. Mm-hmm. And it goes with the last declaration of Bush, who said, "We have new system to produce energy." Mm-hmm. Remember. And uh, people were thinking about uh, classical uh, nuclear plants. Mm-hmm. But this is completely different. I will explain why. You know, as uh, you said, this. Is a clean form of nuclear exactly, energy. Well, exactly. Well, in a way, this um, this might relate to beca- uh, to, to uh, you know Bush and the Iraq War and the allegations of war for oil. Because there's recently, over the past several months, um, there's been more and more um, noi- noise or, or pressure or pressure mm-hmm. fr- from within and under pressure from from elsewhere within the Bush administration and, and a lot of the neocon people are talking about this this need to get away from their dependency on Middle East exactly. oil traditional kind of exactly. fossil fuels exactly and at the same time then this that you're describing this this but the, this discovery is really a break breakthrough mm-hmm. and I explain why you know because when you want to achieve fusion the lower temperatures hundred million degree and you use uh, every hydrogen, you need to make sure of deuterium and tritium. Tritium is a, a problematic uh, uh, material, you know, a radioactive material. And you use it and you produce one atom of helium and a neutron. And the neutron, you cannot capture it, you know. So the neutron cannot be stopped by the magnetic field and uh, it makes the system to be radioactive. But if you can achieve one billion degree, you can use mixture like lithium hydrogen or like boron hydrogen, and this produce the first produce two atom, uh, two alpha ray. I mean two nucleus, two nuclei of helium, and the second produce three nuclei of helium and no neutrons. So it's a clean uh, fusion. Mm-hmm. And imagine uh, a nuclear plant, and you ask the question. 
what are you doing with with uh, uh, remnant materials? Oh, make balloon with <laughs> for for the for the children. Make make, make balloons. Balloons. Balloons for the children. Because it produces ilium, just ilium. Uh-huh. This, this is the application? No. <laughs> no, but you know... Uh, uh, We would y- like if that was the application. You know, uh, uh, I would say that uh, um, tokamak and eater, it is a steam engine because mm. you have huge machines that work in steady states and, and then you, you produce steam, hot steam, and then you... Uh, put that in a turbine uh, and you produce electricity in the machine like uh, Sandia uh, the plasma expands in a magnetic field and this becomes a magic converter and it produces electricity directly (laughs) and you were saying when we were talking before the, the podcast that you could have one of these things in your garage Not exactly in your garage, but you know. Uh, no. But it's not the the large installations of the the nuclear reactors no, that we'd no, see. No, 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 no. no. It, 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 you know, it's the beginning of something because even I think they can achieve higher temperature, and they were surprised of this uh, temperature mm-hmm. because the goal of uh, Jonas was to produce X-ray in order to trigger an atomic bomb. You know, it wasn't civilian research mm-hmm. anyway. Uh, you know that if you want to uh, initiate a f- a fusion bomb like H-bomb H-bomb it's not bomb with hydrogen it's a bomb with lithium and hydrogen it's a solid uh, fuel mm-hmm. but if you want to light this solid fuel you need atomic bomb mm-hmm. a small one but you know that you cannot minimize uh, the, the power of a bomb so Jonas uh, was asked could you produce enough X-ray to initiate the reaction but Uh, it didn't think it could have two billion <laughs> degrees. <laughs> so you, you have civilian applications that go much further than military applications. Mm-hmm. Well, obviously, when we look at energy sources, there's a close relationship with the military all along. And as you were talking earlier about your work in the magnetohydrodynamics mm-hmm. and I think it was the, the mid-'70s when these things stopped Uh, the projects, uh, the public projects were stopped and oh, it was moved uh, to at the... At the end of the 60s. At early, the end of the early, 60s. At the end of the 60s, Because it's interesting that, that it was in 1973 that we had the, the oil crisis mm-hmm. and there seems to be a relationship between people becoming aware of some sort of energy crisis and it's at the same time these, these other sources of energy go from being public to being put into secret programs that nobody knows about. But uh, the secrecy was kept during uh, many, many years. I mm-hmm. discovered all that uh, during the winter uh, two, uh, 2000 to 2001 mm-hmm. in Brighton, in England, you know. And uh, 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 everything was given up. The Russian had given up officially. The French had given up completely. The British had given up. The Italian had given up. All country, Polish, and so on. And when I went to a MHD meeting in, in the United States, You had people in the civilian uh, side, and they were very sad. I said, it's a pity we have given up all this image. It should be interesting. At the same time, you, you couldn't imagine in the Area 51 mm. what was going on with the military. And 
this I can tell you the story. Well, so uh, during this winter, and I wrote a book about it. Uh, I went to a meeting uh, in uh, Brighton, a small university. We were uh, something like forty persons, and. Uh, the subject was advanced propulsion. Advanced propulsion means anything. Well, mm-hmm. And when I was there, uh, a man uh, went, an American, and he said, you are Professor Petit? Yes, I'm Professor Petit. Why? Because the first time I read your paper on MHD was in 1975. <laughs> 1975. <laughs> yes, yes, uh, about MHD, uh, converter and MHD aerodyne. And I spoke with him, and after half an hour, I said, well, you know a bit about the, all this stuff. What are you doing? And he said, ah, oh, I was just in charge of the American MHD torpedo. American <laughs> MHD torpedo? And so, uh, if you have the curiosity to look at my comic book, you will find all the principle of this torpedo in the book. And Is that uh, book translated in English? Yes, yes, yes. Which, yes. What's the title of the, it? Uh, it's a silent barrier. The we'll silent barrier. Yeah. Silent And there is also another anecdote about this. Uh, I had uh, an old good friend whose name is Oppenheim. Oppenheim was in charge of a big uh, fluid dynamics laboratory in uh, Berkeley. And he invited me pff, 10 years ago uh, to give a lecture in Berkeley. And I gave a lecture of um, uh, about M- M- MHD. And I presented my, my books, my, my comic books. And uh, in the room was a man, uh, 70 years old, whose name was Kunkel. Kunkel was in charge of the plasma physics laboratory of Berkeley. And you know, this is not a small laboratory because this is a place where was evidenced the first antimatter. The first mm-hmm. antimatter particle were created in Berkeley. Well, it's already famous. And uh, uh, Oppenheim said to Kunkel, Kunkel, you're very lazy. Uh, What happens? I I never saw you uh, in a seminar like that. And Kunkel said, you know, you know, uh, I I can't be silent because since one hour I hear this French and he's talking about things that are very secret (laughs) in the States. And we are working on it in Livermore. And so secret that I cannot... Tell what is it about, <laughs> <laughs> and I found it in his comic book. Yeah, I swear that's the truth, you know. So we had a certain uh, amount of smoke at this time, so we knew that in Livermore they were working the the hell about it. Well, but na- the confirmation was given by this man in Brighton, and so uh, we knew exactly. You will find the principle of this torpedo, uh, uh, torpedo classical torpedo. You know what is the velocity. Uh, six, 60 miles uh, per hour with a classical propeller mm-hmm. because you have a friction drag which is very strong and the uh, 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 first solution uh, was to uh, um, push hot gaze in the, in the stagnation point of the torpedo in front mm-hmm. and then you create vapor and then this vapor uh, surrounds the, the torpedo and the torpedo can f- uh, run in the vapor and mm-hmm. the friction so it's no drag longer moving through the water it's moving through the vapor exactly and this is using a, still using the traditional propeller no this is using the no the a rocket M- propeller image. A, a rocket propeller and uh, <laughs> it, it has been uh, developed since three years mm-hmm. uh, both by American and Russian mm-hmm. the American name is Supercave and the Russian name is Qual 
and uh, the French name is nothing because they don't have. <laughs> 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 and the, uh, the British are just beginning to develop this, and they call it. Um, uh, oh God, this animal was a big uh, horn on the nose. Pinocchio. Uh, no. Uh, <laughs> rhinoceros. Rhinoceros. Huh? Or well, something like that. Well, well, just think America and and Russia. Huh? Mm -hmm. And perhaps China, because that's another problem, no, because no, no, no. China have a very uh, high secrecy. Uh, they don't tell you anything, yeah. Yes, they have many things. Uh, why I say that? Because in 1983, I went to a MHD meeting in the States, and two Chinese came. And that was the first time they participated to a MHD meeting. Uh, there was an old man uh, who was in charge of a laboratory in Shanghai and a young one, uh, 30 years old. And the old man presented pictures and showed what they, they did. And we realized that the Chinese had done exactly the same thing that the European and American and Russian. And uh, besides me was a, a guy from Texas, and he said, Gosh, we have satellite. We ignore that, but uh, how could we know this? And I said, look, 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 be quiet. Look at the picture. You know what uh, What looks like a big uh, research center in China? It looks like an old factory with many bicycles. So uh, with your satellite, you have to count the bicycle. When there are many bicycles, it's an interesting place. <laughs> 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 That's for we ignore the the, re the research and mm -hmm. we continue to ignore research because we don't know uh, what level they are. And if in ni ni 1983 they were very advanced in MHD, they have not stopped. No. And probably they have result too. And uh, well, this is another mm -hmm. subject. Well, let's back to this torpedo, MHD torpedo. So I asked the American guy in Brighton. Well, uh, how fast do you train? Uh, say 200 miles per hour or much more? <laughs> <laughs> you know, with this voice, or oh, much more. I said, what, what, what exactly? Yes, well, in 1980, uh, we got 1,000 uh, miles per hour. <laughs> It was uh -huh. the beginning of the study. Wow. And now it goes faster. And uh, what is use of such torpedo? Uh, uh, you imagine the submarines, they follow each other all the time. Uh, and uh, a submarine is the most dangerous weapon in the world because uh, you cannot detect it and it can launch its missiles. Uh, you can hide it under the, the ice and so on. Mm -hmm. well, so if you want to attack a country, the first thing you have to do is to destroy its submarines. So you need fast torpedoes. And the torpedo is propeller, you know, it takes a quarter an hour to get, <laughs> a, to get the target. And with the MSG torpedo, you have three, five-second run. It mm. goes very fast. So, And the Russians have the same torpedoes too. Uh, the, the code name is a big one mm -hmm. <laughs> because uh, the, they are large size. And uh, this is another, st another story, but uh, they were tested on the Kursk. That's what uh, I was going to say, yeah. Yeah, so uh, we, we could talk about the Kursk uh, mm -hmm. that was sunk. Well, was yeah, a few years so ago off of You're the saying coast. That, that this... Uh, that w that the Kursk was hit with one of these torpedoes? No, or no, no, malfunctioned. No, 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 absolutely no, absolutely no, no. You know, uh, well, 
It's another Shabdek. We are going to talk it later because it's it's very large. Yes, you know, right, okay. It's very large. Uh, we could t- talk about the course. I will tell the truth anyway. Uh, well, so let's be back to Brighton. In Brighton, uh, th- uh, uh, Joe, uh, I was just aware that they had very fast torpedoes. Uh-huh. Well, and... Uh, uh, I realized that in this meeting there were a lot of men involved in black programs. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, you know, sometimes in, in research uh, you have to behave like Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. So uh, I was looking all around and I had my, uh, my book, uh, The Silent Buyer, with me. And I made copies, and these copies were uh, given to a, re- a researcher. They were very glad to have it. Comic and books being given out at the scientific <coughs> conference. Yes, yes. I, I, I just want to interrupt here for a minute because you know we've, you've mentioned your comic books several times, uh, and so in, in these comic books, which are available on your website, uh, you you sort of reveal uh, you know you have very technical drawings of like how all these you know sort of secret technologies work. So why is it that you decided to actually, uh, you know, release all this information in the form of comic books? But, you know, I have nothing else to do. <laughs> <laughs> when you cut all your uh, credits, when you have no money, you draw. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're just a piece of paper and a pencil, so I decided to draw and to make books, that's all. And you'll find many subjects in it. Well, so the question was... Where, where are the good guys? And one was a guy from Texas, I think, and uh, he said, "Oh, I've seen your 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 book. It's interesting." And I had an original book with me, and I said, "I have a proposition to to do to you. Uh, I give you the book, and you dine with me. You have a dinner with me mm-hmm. alone." <laughs> uh, uh, a distant from from the from a small restaurant far away from the conference. Exactly, <laughs> and you know, he, uh, well, I cannot tell two more because you will recognize him. But he, uh, there were signs that he was involved in uh, in black programs, and we knew. Uh, and this black program wasn't a torpedo; it was what Americans know. It was Aurora. Aurora is a hypersonic vehicle. And this hypersonic vehicle is presented right now as a project, mm-hmm. but it flies n- since uh, 1880. 1918. 1918. Because we should say for the listeners that the same principles that work in the magnetohydrodynamics in water and turning the water into vapor also work in the atmosphere Absolutely. to increase the speed of planes. Yeah, can, can you explain a little bit about how the, uh, how that applies? Uh, yes, you know, uh, um, American and other country, and especially American, have spy planes. First, we're a subsonic spy plane, the U-2, uh, mm-hmm. very slow. Mm-hmm. And then you discovered the Blackbird. The Blackbird was able to fly up to Mach 3 and to cross uh, the Russian uh, territory and uh, so fast that they couldn't uh, destroy it. Okay. And then, you, uh, where is uh, the Blackbird? In the Museum of Seattle. Yeah. It's <laughs> been know? around for a long time. Uh, yes. So uh, it has been replaced by what? By balloons? <laughs> <laughs> by satellite? <laughs> Just imagine. Uh, uh, by B 52s. <laughs> uh, 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 yes. So, uh, what is. Uh, 
today's spy plane uh, and American presents or like a project that will uh, fly uh, within uh, 10 or 20 years, but that's not true. And uh, uh, the question that in Brighton we discovered how it works, because if you want to operate to uh, fly an airplane up to Mach 12, you have a problem of eating due to the shockwave. Mm -hmm. You have, uh, if you take an ordinary uh, turbofan, uh, it works up to Mach 3, like uh, uh, Blackbird. Mm -hmm. We should say Mach 3 is three times the speed of sound. Which is 760 miles Uh, per uh, hour. Right. And then if you want to fly uh, at a higher velocity, uh, Mach 4, Mach 5, you get enormous problem because the compression eats uh, the air and uh, nothing can stand that. And you, you can uh, use that we call a ramjet, but uh, the goal is much further. It's a Mach 12, how to achieve Mach 12. And, and Mach 12 is about 10,000 miles per hour? Well, something approximately. like that, yes. And uh, uh, we knew that the Russian had a similar project. Uh, the economy of Russia uh, uh, has been uh, crushed. So they reveal their, their secret. Even they sell it mm-hmm. because they are disgusted because they had no money to build it. They had the same project. You know, American had the project of Aurora as they had the money, to, the funding to make it, but the Russian had not. So uh, 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 Freshtag was in charge of the uh, Aurora project he gave uh, some information about that, and we knew very fascinating thing about how it worked. The secrecy was in MHD, and uh, uh, you just said that with MHD you could accelerate gaze, but you could also slow down this gaze. And in Aurora and in his uh, uh, brother. Ajax, Ajax was the name of the Russian project. The question is to uh, uh, slow down the gas continuously before it enters in motor. And uh, we recompress the gas, but you prevent to eat it too much. Because if it's too warm, it will burn the motors. Mm -hmm. And so you use uh, MHD generator. Wall image generator. That's fascinating because it's very brilliant idea, you know. So uh, on this, perhaps you have seen the the drawings showing uh, uh, um, uh, aurora, and you perhaps you have been uh, surprised by the square, the the shape of the leaning edge. The mm, leaning edge is cut. Many, and that's a good one. It's not sharp. It's cut. It's, it's flat. Yeah. It, it's flat. It's flat. And besides, they don't show that. You have electrodes, and the fluid is slowed, slowed down, and then get inside the motor, and the electricity is used to reaccelerate the fluid at the exhaust, mm-hmm. and we call it MHD bypass. Huh? So uh, we. We guessed some things from the Russian information, and uh, I had in front of me a man who was clearly involved in such project. So I used a French uh, method to have information, uh, which is beer. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, no, well, you know, uh, when we we, when I opened the, the book. And if you look at this book, Silent Barrier, you look at the page 36. 
On the Space 36, you have a, a magnetic design, oh. which is not so strange. <coughs> but when he saw the page 36, he said, oh, this is Ajax. Mm-hmm. And I said, also, yes, this is also Aurora, and you worked on it. <laughs> 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 he was trying to say, this is, this is the Russians, but... <laughs> This is an American blaming the Russians. Yes, part, so yeah. we had a, a dinner exactly like so uh, in the uh, in the West End, you know. Mm. And I said I would suggest a game, you know. We we take a glass of beer. I will say something. If, I, if I'm right, you drink. If I'm wrong, I drink. Mm-hmm. But the, let's go, cowboy. <laughs> <laughs> he drank seven or uh, eight uh, glasses, and then I could uh, have any information uh, as possible. Yeah. And w- when he left me, you know, he couldn't st- stand. He said, and you know, this uh, plane can be satellized by rockets. <laughs> Good night. <laughs> <laughs> This plane can be satellite by rockets? Yes. Satellized. Satellite. 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 Giving an additional velocity. Yeah, so it's sat- like satellizable. 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 Mm-hmm. And you know something? This uh, machine is no is more than a spy plane. It is a future launcher for satellite. Because consider... Uh, the, the two-day technology for, for the rocket, you use a shuttle or you use a rocket and you have to push oh, the, the weight. Uh, it, it takes a, an enormous amount of uh, fuel to to inject uh, charge uh, uh, around the earth. Mm-hmm. And you don't fly uh, on the on, on the air. Mm-hmm. And if you could use an air, in sort of, some sort of airplane you land on wheels, you accelerate up to Mach 3, and then, besides the aurora, you have ordinary uh, motors. But they get closed, and you change the inlet, and the inlet on, is on the top. And then you, you uh, activate the MHD system, and you accelerate up to Mach 12, and then you uh, use rockets, and then you get the satellization velocity. Conversation with French astrophysicist Jean-Pierre Petit on top-secret military programs will continue in our next podcast. And if you'd like to read more about the topics we've discussed today, you can visit our website at www.signs-of-the-times.org. And if you'd like to visit Jean-Pierre's site, the URL is www.jp-org. P-E-T-I-T dot com.